doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's, there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it kind of converged into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy looking being. to the show. I am your host, Eric Salagi. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at uncomfortablepodcast65. Please make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at uncomfortablepodcast65. And please remember to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you can. That's the main way you, the listener, can help get this show out in front of more people. And with more people listening, that means more people coming forward with their stories and experiences for you. Ladies and gentlemen, September 9th, Bigfoot and Brews, Dwajak, Michigan. Tickets are on sale now. You can find the link for the Eventbrite to purchase your tickets in the show notes below. This year, we have Robert Kreider and Stacy Brown Jr. as the speakers. And the night before, we're doing something a little bit different. The night before, on Friday night, at the same venue, we will be having a VIP dinner. That will get you, the ticket price for that is separate. So on the Eventbrite site for Bigfoot and Brews, if you look at the VIP dinner, it's an additional charge, but that will include your meal one drink and the ability to sit there have conversation and dinner with the two speakers and right after that we will be airing thanks to mr stacy brown his latest in the ongoing efforts of the skunk ape experiments seating is limited to 30 people for the vip so if you're interested i would highly recommend that you get over there and get those tickets bought Then just about a month later, on October 6th, 7th, and 8th, you can join myself, the Cryptids of the Corn, Hollow Sky, Kill the Mockingbirds, Appalachian Intelligence, 
and the Bump Podcast for the first ever Fortean Airwaves Podcast Conference. Again, that's in Ada, Ohio, and you can find the link tree in the show notes below. Tickets are 50 bucks. That gets you a meet and greet with us on the evening of Friday the 6th, the full day conference on the day of the 7th, and then a special pancake breakfast with us in the morning of the 8th before you guys all hit the road to head back home. All the information you need is in the link tree, and that will be in the show notes of this episode as well. You can visit any of the aforementioned podcasts for links and information. Again, 50 bucks. You can't beat that with a stick, people. Don't forget, Uncomfortable Patreon is live. Head over to patreon.com slash uncomfortablepodcast770 and check out the three levels we have there. If you see anything that appeals to you, please help support the show. Patreon at the 5 and $10 levels gets you access to the video series, A Little Uncomfortable, and the $10 level gets you the longer series, in video format called Uncomfortable Afterthoughts. And lastly, in case you didn't know, these shows are available on YouTube as well. So if YouTube is more your cup of tea rather than using one of the podcast providers like Spotify or Apple, you can listen to these shows each week on YouTube. Uncomfortable is pleased to announce BetterHelp as a sponsor Please listen to that spot. It's about halfway through the show. There is a promo link that will be in the show notes of this episode where you can get 10% off your first month of services. Mental health is no joke. Take time to make sure you are taking care of yourself. Now, for tonight's show, this is going to be a little bit different. I've had some emails that have been sent to me from people who have wanted to tell their story, yet did not want to be recorded. So... I decided I am going to put those together and put an episode out for you of those. It's a couple of very interesting emails. Hopefully you like it. So if you're ready, first email is from a gentleman named Phil. His last name will be left out per his request. The email says, Hey Eric, I hope this email finds you well. I've been listening to your podcast for just about a year and a half now, and I enjoy it very much. I had to share this absolutely chilling experience that happened to me recently in the Huron-Manistee National Forest. I have no desire to be recorded, but feel free, if you think this is worthy, to read it on your podcast. I can't stop shaking as I recount the events that unfolded, and I need to get this off my chest. It was the weekend of April 15th of this year. I decided to embark on a solo camping trip in the heart of the Huron-Manistee, I was looking forward to some solitude and reconnecting with nature. Little did I know that I would encounter something beyond my wildest dreams. The first two days went smoothly. I enjoyed the serenity, hiking trails, and admiring the beautiful scenery. But on the third night, 
everything changed. I was sitting by my campfire, roasting marshmallows, when I started feeling uneasy. The forest around me seemed eerily quiet, and the shadows seemed to deepen. I tried to brush off my unease, attributing it to my imagination running wild. However, as the night wore on, that feeling of being watched intensified. Every rustling leaf, every snapping twig, sent my heart pounding in my chest. I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. Around midnight, I decided to retreat to my tent and try to sleep it off. But as I lay there, the forest outside seemed to come alive with strange noises. Heavy footsteps in the distance and an unsettling low growl sent shivers down my spine. I couldn't bear the tension any longer, so I grabbed my flashlight and I peeked outside my tent. At first, I couldn't see anything, but then my flashlight caught a glimpse of something massive and dark standing between the trees. My eyes locked on with two glowing yellow orbs seemingly staring back at me. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. A creature towering in size, covered in fur, resembling Bigfoot. My rational mind screamed that it couldn't be real, but the primal fear that gripped me said otherwise. It was like something straight out of a horror movie. I quickly retreated back into my tent with my heart pounding in my ears. Through the screen, I could see the creature remained in the shadows between the trees. Throughout the night, it seemed to circle my campsite, occasionally letting out a bone-chilling roar. I gathered my belongings as quietly as possible and decided to make a run for it. As I hiked through the forest, I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being followed. I was constantly looking over my shoulder, half expecting the creature to be behind me at any moment. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, I managed to find the edge of the forest and walked onto a nearby road. A sense of relief washed over me as I flagged down a passing car and managed to hitch a ride back to the town I hiked out of. I haven't been able to sleep properly since that night. The image of those glowing eyes and the sound of that bone-chilling roar still haunts. I know this might sound crazy, and I can't blame you if you're skeptical, but I swear on my life that this encounter was real, and it has left me scarred. I just had to share this with someone, and I hope you can understand the fear and anxiety that still grips me. I know from your podcast that you've been to the Huron Manistee. If you decide to go back, please be cautious, and maybe think twice about being out there alone. Take care, Phil. This next email comes from Stephanie, and I received this back on April 10th. Stephanie says, As a child, I was always afraid in my room at night. I can't really explain why, but I always had this feeling like there was something outside my window that would come in and kill or hurt me. This fear was intense to the point where my parents would put us to bed at about 8 o'clock, or some reasonable little kid bedtime, and I would lay there with the covers over my head, awake and terrified, until well after they went to bed. 
My bedroom was right next to theirs, so I could always hear when they went to bed. I wasn't afraid of the dark, but I was afraid of something. Our house originally had sliding glass doors that opened to a patio that was enclosed on three sides. My parents thought it would be a great idea to close in that patio and make a TV room. So they put my little brother and me to bed, and then they would go in there and slide the glass door shut so we couldn't hear the TV playing. This is a great source of anxiety for me because I knew that if I had to scream, they couldn't hear it. If someone came in, I would be alone and I would die. I would beg them to leave the door open, and when they would put us to bed, they always insisted on turning off all the lights and closing that door behind them when they went to watch TV. Sometimes, I would make up a reason to go into the TV room and then accidentally leave the door open when I returned to bed. But within a few minutes, they'd always get up and close the door again. I was probably seven or eight years old, and one night when I was doing my normal hiding under the covers, I heard a noise. I peeked out of a small opening that I made in the covers and saw a man standing by the corner of the end of my bed just looking at me. It was dark, but I could see that he had blonde curly hair and was wearing a red plaid shirt and blue jeans. He just stood there, blankly staring at me. I laid still for a while, and he didn't move either. But I decided to turn my back to him, thinking that he'd go away. So I turned over and faced the opposite direction. When I peeked out of my peephole, I watched him walk from where he had been posted on the other corner at the end of my bed. I couldn't scream or yell or even move. Screaming would have been fruitless, and if I moved, he'd catch me, or so the reasonings of a child. So I laid there, frozen. When I heard my parents come to bed, I looked, and he was gone. I didn't see him again for the next years to come, although I never slept well unless I had a friend over to spend the night or when I went somewhere else to sleep over. I tried to have friends over for sleepovers as much as I could get away with. I never told my parents about this. Until this day, I have no idea why I never told them how afraid I always was about the man. I just didn't. Maybe somehow, I knew there was nothing they could do about it anyway. Not like it was a real-life person that they could put in jail. I pretty much knew that for sure. My family moved from southern Illinois to Colorado when I was 14, right after my 8th grade year. When we moved, my fear and sleeplessness stayed behind, and the blonde, curly-haired man who had invaded my room that night moved to the back of my mind, and I basically forgot about him. Until. I was 21 years old. My husband and I had just gotten married. We lived in a townhouse-style apartment where there were two bedrooms and a bathroom on the second story. When you walked up the stairs at the top, right in front of you was our bedroom. If you turned right, you would walk along the railing that looked down to the stairs, passing the bathroom, and at the end of the hall was the door to the second bedroom. When you walked out of our bedroom, you could immediately see right down the whole flight of stairs to the front door. One night, we were sleeping, and I woke up to go to the bathroom. My side of the bed was furthest from the door, so I got out of bed and I walked around the bed to get to the door. As I rounded the end of the bed and was facing the door, I looked up and saw something standing on the stairs. 
He had blonde curly hair, a red plaid shirt, and blue jeans, and he just stood there, expressionless, staring right at me. I screamed, and I jumped into the bed right on top of my husband, who of course woke up in full fight-or-flight mode. I told him there was someone in the house. He got up, and he grabbed a shotgun and went looking around the apartment. Of course, there was nobody to be found. He thought I must have dreamed it, but I know I was wide awake, both times. I didn't really sleep anymore that night. I finally did tell him what I saw, and also about my childhood experience with the same entity. I'm not sure he really believes me even now. Who or what was it? An angel? I really don't think so. My belief is that whatever it might have been was meant to scare me, because there was absolutely no sense of peace about it. I felt pure fear. Anyway, I'm now 56 years old, and I've never encountered the man again. I'm hoping that bringing this up doesn't rouse him from his slumber and bring him back. I've been reluctant to share this story with anyone because it sounds crazy, but when I heard Uncomfortable Episode 23, that I thought maybe I could finally tell someone my story who wouldn't think I was a complete neurotic nutjob. Thanks for letting me get it out. Stephanie. This next email comes from Mike. And Mike says, Hey, Eric. I found your podcast after hearing you on The Confessionals. I came over and started listening to yours, and I've been hooked ever since. I wanted to share an absolutely mind-boggling experience that my wife and I had back last July during a road trip near Lexington, Kentucky. It's something straight out of a sci-fi movie, and we can't stop thinking about it. My wife Sarah and I were driving back home from a weekend getaway in the rural countryside. The night was clear, the stars were shining, as we just cruised along the quiet back roads. Suddenly, Sarah looked up through the windshield and pointed at the sky. My eyes followed her gaze, and what I saw made my jaw drop. Hovering above our car was a strange, circular, bright light with pulsating lights around its edges. The whole thing admitted a soft, eerie glow that didn't seem to project onto anything around. As we watched in awe, the UFO made no sound, moved with unbelievable speed and precision. It darted across the night sky, performing maneuvers that I don't think any of our aircraft could ever pull off. I couldn't help but fumble for my phone to try to record the sighting, but I couldn't capture anything other than black. The lights on the UFO suddenly intensified. The UFO vanished as if it had never been there at all. Sarah and I were left in complete shock, unable to comprehend what we had just witnessed. We pulled over to the side of the road to try to get ourselves together, trying to process the reality of what just happened. But that's not the strangest part. When we checked the time, we realized that almost an hour had passed since we first spotted the UFO. It felt like minutes but there was an unaccounted amount of time that we couldn't explain. Sarah was terrified, and to be honest, so was I. We didn't know who to tell or where to turn. We figured telling friends or family, they wouldn't believe us, or worse, they'd ridicule us. The experience left us both shaken. We've been trying to rationalize the encounter, searching for any logical explanation, but nothing seems to fit. 
other than we saw a UFO. It's like we stumbled on something that we shouldn't have been seeing. I wanted to share this with you because I know you're open-minded and you're always interested in the weird and unexplained. I'm not going to say it was aliens, but it was definitely an encounter we can't explain. If you have any insights or thoughts about what might have happened, I'd love to hear them. We're still trying to make sense of it all, but it feels good to be able to talk with somebody that understands. Thanks for reading my long email. Hope the punctuation was all right, and hopefully we can chat soon. Take care, Mike. And lastly is this email from Abby. Hi, Eric. I hope this email finds you well. Firstly, I want to say I found your podcast about a year ago, quite by accident, and I've been listening ever since. I love the rapport you seem to have with your guests and the respect that you show them, regardless of their experience. Secondly, I do not wish to be interviewed for the show, but you can use my story however you like. The comfort Uncomfortable has given me is why I decided I wanted to share something with you that's been following me for years. Through the years, I've had a terrifying encounter with something that I can only describe as shadow people. It's been happening to me since I was a child. The first time I saw a shadow person was when I was just eight years old. It was late at night and I couldn't sleep, so I went to the kitchen to get a glass of water. When I passed by the hallway, I saw a dark figure standing at the end near the stairs. It had no distinct features, just a tall, shapeless silhouette. I froze. My heart was pounding in my chest as it seemed to stare at me with lightly glowing yellow where its eyes should have been. I screamed and my parents rushed out of their room, but when they checked, there was nothing there. Over the years, the encounters continued to plague me. I saw the shadow person several times, always just at the edge of my vision, just out of focus. Each time it sent chills down my spine. As I got older, I couldn't shake the feeling that it was malevolent and feeding off of my fear. One of the most terrifying encounters happened when I was in my mid-twenties. I had moved to a new apartment in Sacramento, hoping for a fresh start. But late one night, I woke up to a sense of dread, as if something was watching me. I turned to the corner of my room and saw the shadow person, darker than ever. This time its eyes had an unnatural intensity. I couldn't catch my breath and felt paralyzed by its presence. It felt like an eternity before it just dissipated, leaving me terrified and sleepless for days. It was an efficiency apartment, so there weren't many options for other rooms to sleep in. As the years passed, I tried to convince myself that it was just my imagination, but the encounters persisted. I saw the shadow person standing at the foot of my bed, standing outside of my bedroom window, and even once in the reflection of my bathroom mirror. There was no doubt that it or they were following me. The most recent encounter was just a few months ago. I was visiting my mom in my childhood home, hoping for some nostalgia and a sense of peace. But that night, 
the shadow person returned with a vengeance. It appeared at the edge of my vision. I felt like I was suffocating. This time, it didn't just watch me from afar. It moved closer. Its arm raised toward me and turned into a black smoky column that was coming towards me. I closed my eyes and screamed, Jesus help me. The next thing I felt was my mom's hands grabbing my arm and I opened my eyes and it was gone. I felt like I was losing my mind, questioning my sanity, but I knew what I was seeing was real. I'm writing to you now because I don't know where else to turn. These encounters have become more frequent and intense and I'm living in constant fear of when the shadow person will appear again. I've researched, seeking explanations, and some say it's mere hallucinations or a sleep disorder, but I can't shake the feeling that it's something more sinister. My mom has made me consider seeking professional help, but part of me is afraid of what they might find, or worse, not find. I don't want to be labeled as crazy or delusional, I just want to understand what's happening and find a way to make it stop. I don't know if you've ever encountered anything like this or know anyone who has. Any advice or insight you can offer would be greatly appreciated. I feel like I'm living in a nightmare and I'm desperate to find a way out. Thank you for taking the time to read my email. Take care and keep doing what you're doing. Abby. So I know this is a little bit of a departure from what you guys are used to, but in the same vein as the respect that I like to give to my guests when we do an interview, I also wanted to extend that respect to the people who have requested not to be recorded, but still wanted to get their stories out. So thank you to those who have emailed with their stories. If you fall in that category, and you don't know what to do with your story, please go ahead and get a hold of me, and I will read yours as well. Until next time, stay uncomfortable, my friends. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.